Hey friends! Most of you know me from my Facebook page, where we do real life. None of that curated, perfect image stuff. We do real. And if you're new, I'm Jaiselyn Wetzel. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, a small business owner, a writer, a mom of four great kids, and a wife to a super supportive guy who encourages my shenanigans in big dreams. And since I'm a big dreamer, I fail a lot. That's what this podcast is about, failure and a whole lot of grace. I'm also a firm believer in boundaries. I set them, I keep them, and I teach others how to do the same while remaining kind to themselves and others. If you're here, it's likely something I've said or written spoke to your spirit. Thank you for trusting me. Now let's get started. Let me tell you a story about little old Jacelyn, who was just barely out of high school and decided to get married. Yes, you heard that correctly. I got married two days before I graduated high school to my high school sweetheart. We dated for approximately a year and a half before we got married. And I use that term kind of loosely. I honestly, I look back at things. I'm I'm thankful that he was a good guy and like didn't turn out to be physically abusive in any way because really I was just rolling the dice. I rolled the dice because we probably dated, um, we dated starting maybe January or so of my junior year in high school and he was a senior well as soon as he graduated high school he went to basic training in the air force so we essentially dated from like January to June and then he left for basic training And we dated long distance after that. And, um, you know, we got married, like I said, two days before I graduated high school. He didn't even propose properly. He, He sent me a letter asking me to marry him, kind of, sort of. And then, like, the next time he sent me mail, it was a ring. Um, it was like a little gold cladon and in the center it was the white gold heart with little bitty diamonds in it and that was my engagement ring and of course I wore that ring with pride I still love that ring my daughter has it now because we are no longer married but I don't even like to call that marriage um, a failure even though other people would consider being divorced a failure I don't consider it a failure I consider us getting married at 18 years old and staying married for 14 years a success that is a successful marriage we grew up together we had three children And we learned throughout that growing process that we were not made for each other. We are still very good friends. Very good friends. Love him like a friend. 
call him whenever I need advice on a car or whatever the case may be. Good guy when it comes to all of that stuff. So I don't consider that a failure. Um, but the point of this story is not just that we got married at 18, but the fact that I believed so many of the lies that women are told in society. I was 18. I wanted to be a really good wife. I wanted to do all of the things that a wife is supposed to do because that's just, you know, that's what you do. And my my exposure to marriage was my mom and my stepdad. And, you know, my mom, she cooked, she cleaned, and my stepdad took care of, you know, the finances and and all of that but the household was very much equal but somehow I still let society kind of creep in on me and I was trying to do all of the things so let me tell you when I found out that I was pregnant at 18 years old I was afraid to tell my mom because it was not planned. I honestly, I didn't want children. And it's okay if I tell you this because my daughter already knows this. My children know. My children know that I did not plan on having children until I got pregnant with my daughter. She knows she was a surprise. In fact, she told me (laughs) when she was like, I think she was seven. And she goes... Mommy, why did you have a baby when you were 19? That is way too young. Like, that's way too young to have a baby. (laughs) It was funny to me because we were sitting in the therapist's office. That was when we were waiting for her to get evaluated for ADHD. And there was somebody else in the waiting room. And that mom just kind of chuckled along with me because she was right. I was way too young to be having a baby at 19 years old. But anyway, so I'm I'm sitting here, I am like trying to do all of the things with my new baby. I had no support, none, because I didn't have any friends. And at the time, I didn't have a car. I didn't have my driver's license. I was completely dependent on another person. So I went from being dependent on my parents to being dependent on my husband and I didn't know I didn't know what to do with myself I didn't know what to do with my baby my whole life was essentially to try and keep the house clean and try and keep my baby alive but I was drowning because I wasn't a stay-at-home mom I have never been a stay-at-home mom and so the idea that I was supposed to keep this house clean and had that pressure not only from myself but from outside from my 
husband at the time who absolutely could not stand that my house was dirty. Um, and I wouldn't even say dirty. I would say messy. He couldn't stand it. And from my mother-in-law at the time, which she didn't even live there, but I still felt pressured to keep the house clean. And then like, even from my neighbors who were also teenage brides, because for some reason, they were able to keep up with their houses and I couldn't and I couldn't figure out why. And first of all, we all only had one child because we were, again, teenage brides. But they didn't work. They didn't work outside of the home. They weren't going to school. So all they all they had to do was take care of an infant or a toddler that they could put in a playpen and then clean the house and cook dinner and they were good. And I'm not saying that being a stay-at-home mom is easy because it is not. That is how I... I know being a stay-at-home mom, that is not for me. It's not for me. I will go crazy because children mess things up all day long. <laughs> they mess them up and I can't handle it. I, can't, I cannot. I cannot handle it. <sighs> Even thinking about it stresses me out. So if you're a stay-at-home mom, more power to you. I support you. If I could give you all of the monies, all of the awards, I would. I digress. I worked outside of the home. I was a full-time student and I had a baby and I had zero family support because I moved eight hours away from my home when I got married and I had no friends other than the two girls that lived across the street and one of them turned out to be kind of a b-word we'll get into that in another episode but she was not very nice the other one I'm still friends with her on Facebook it's been super fun to see her daughter grow up because we're military spouses so we've all like dispersed multiple times um so Facebook is the only way that I can keep up with some of them um but anyway, I used to I used to really beat myself up on the state of my house, the fact that I not only did not cook dinner regularly, but I hated cooking. I knew I hated cooking before I got married because my mom forced me to learn how to cook and I hated it. You guys, like I some people love cooking. That is not my cup of tea. I know how, but I don't like it. It's not fun for me. So here I am, a teeny tiny baby child in adult world, trying to do all of the things. And I realize that this is something that society does to moms. I don't know about other countries. I'm not from other countries. I'm from America. So I can only speak on American society. And Y'all, we have it a little effed up because there is some sort of expectation that moms are supposed to do all of the things for everybody except for themselves. Moms are supposed to take care of all of the doctor's appointments. If you have more than one child, that is multiple appointments, multiple days. Moms are supposed to 
make sure that kids go to the eye doctor, kids go to the dentist, that you do parent teacher conferences, that you know what's going on in power schools, that you're keeping up with IEP meetings. If you if your child has an IEP and that is only pertaining to the children, then you have to if you have animals, you're expected to keep up with your animal appointments, keep up with heartworm medication, keep up with flea medication, make sure that Fido is getting trained the way that he's supposed to get trained so he doesn't chase after the mailman. Moms typically are dealing with paying the bills, whether they make the money or not. They're most of the time, they're the ones that are making sure that bills are paid, lights stay on, and that you have a roof over your head. And I remember thinking at 18, 19, this seems really unfair, but I still bought into it. I still thought, you know, I'm supposed, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to like, just do all of the things because Look at my mom. My mom's like super mom. She has five kids and and she went to school and and she was able to keep dinner on the table every night. And I didn't see behind the scenes like I didn't know everything that went on behind the scenes. I This is just from my little kid perspective. And so I internalized a lot of that. I internalized what I saw on TV. I internalized what I saw from other people. But this is where I want moms to really lean in close. I want moms to really like listen to this. And dads, you can open your ears too. If there are any dads on this podcast, you can open your ears too. Because this is really important. The majority of mothers or people that birthed children, the majority of them did not do that by themselves. (laughs) Crazy, right? It's crazy. The majority of people that gave birth to children via their bodies or adoption did not do that by themselves. There's another parent. Even if you are a single parent, I'm going to go ahead and wager that about 90% of the time, if you're a single parent, there is another parent out there that is relying on you to do the bulk of the work. And that's not fair. It's not fair. And once I was able to years later, because I'm not, I am not perfect. These things, that's why this podcast is about grace and growing and being kind to yourself, because these are things that I have learned over the years. And it took 14 years of marriage, getting divorced to finally say, you know what? No, ma'am. No, sir. This is not. No. If you come in my house and you don't like the way that my house looks when you showed up unannounced, you can leave the same way you came in. And that's fine. It's not going to hurt my feelings. You can leave the same way you came in. Maybe I am not the friend for you if you are going to place judgment 
on me as a person or on me as a mother because of the way that my house presented when you came in. I'm not saying that your house needs to be filthy, but mess when you have children is inevitable. It is inevitable. It is unacceptable for society to make mothers believe that it is their job to keep their houses and to keep their lives like some sort of metropolitan museum. No, no, that is absolutely insane. It's insane and I refuse it. I refuse it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. (laughs) But no, seriously, that's that's insane. And whenever I was able to let go of that, I was able to see that I was putting all of this unnecessary stress on myself and I was create martyrdom. I was creating a martyrdom for myself because what happens when you do all of the things? What happens? I know you know the answer. Think about it. When you do all of the things, people continually expect for you to do all of the things. And you don't get a break. And then you get resentful. And why are you resentful? Because people expect for you to do all of the things and you're not getting help. And I know that you're thinking, well, my husband or my ex doesn't do it the way that I do. Or they're not going to remember X, Y, Z or whatever the case may be. Here's the secret. Unless you delegate, they will never know. They will never know what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. After I got divorced, I really stopped subscribing to all of that. I stopped because it was not serving me. I was miserable. Even after divorce, I was miserable for trying to keep up with something that I had no desire to keep up with. So my life changed when I texted my ex-husband and I said, you know what? Child number two, they're due for their well visit. Can you get that set up and make sure he gets there? And his response was, okay. Mind blowing. I had never asked him to schedule an appointment before. The entirety of our marriage, not one time. So why did I think he was incompetent? Why? Why did I think that I had to be the one to schedule all of the appointments and to take him, take my kids to all of their appointments? It was society's conditioning. Dads are almost always portrayed in this 
goofy light. They they always portray them as incompetent beings. They're not incompetent. We don't marry people that are incompetent. They did not make it to adulthood while being incompetent as humans. That is not how that works. Most of us, I can't speak for everybody, but most of us did not pluck our partners out of their mom's basement while their moms were spoon feeding them, making sure they didn't get food on their bibs. Most of us married perfectly capable adults. Most of us had children with perfectly capable adults. It is time that we delegate and even out the load. We have got to give ourselves grace in this area. We have got to ask for help. And it doesn't mean, and when I say ask, I don't mean say, can you please? I mean, delegate. I mean, say, I need you to blah, blah, blah. Because we, we have to, we cannot, we cannot maintain this insanity. That's exactly what this is. It is insanity. What we have created, what we have bought into, what our husbands and partners have, have gleaned from us doing everything is that they don't have to do anything. They go to work. They come home. They play with kids for a little bit. And that's it. <laughs> you know, some of them cut the grass, take care of the cars, and we fall very much in line with this stereotypical heteronormative roles, the roles that society creates that we still can't escape even in the LGBTQ plus community because people still always ask questions like, well, who who's the guy in the relationship, which is just completely inappropriate. But like, I have heard that question more than once. So even in queer relationships, there is still some sort of heteronormative expectation of these roles. And we have to stop. We have to stop. Women, we have got to give ourselves the grace and the space to let go of some things because things will not be perfect all of the time. They are not designed to be perfect. Life is not perfect. Life is messy. And you have to take a deep breath, figure out what things you can let go of and what things you need to hold on to and then start delegating. It is the only way to save your sanity. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope you walked away feeling less alone. And if you're one of my friends that struggle with boundaries, join me and a few of my new close friends 
for my course, Building Better Boundaries, where I walk you through how to set and keep boundaries with strangers, friends, and loved ones. The course is 100% self-paced with six weeks of weekly group sessions via Zoom. Remember, boundaries are a kindness to yourself. And if you're struggling with setting them, this course is for you. You can sign up on my website, jacelynwetzel.com. Hope to see you there. Love y'all like cake. Jacelyn.